Welcome to episode 137 of Together BHA. My name is Josh, as always, uh, and we have a lot of stuff to get through today. Uh, we have a full agenda at the bottom of the screen, uh, but as always, um, for those of you that are listening on the podcast format, whether it's Spotify, Apple iTunes, wherever, uh, please do feel free to like and subscribe uh, or follow or whatever it is, because I know Spotify isn't like the subscribe, it's follow. Um, so yeah, please do leave as many lovely reviews as you can. That always helps, you know, the algorithms and stuff. So uh, I'm definitely not beyond begging for it. Uh, so please do go ahead and, and get all in on those. Uh, you can follow me at TogetherBHA just about anywhere you want, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, everything. You can follow me wherever you want. Uh, and happy new season, everybody. Uh, you love to see it. Really happy to have it back. Um, it's strange because we had like a four-week break. That was it, really. Um, but we're already back in the thick of it. And I I feel totally refreshed. You know, uh, I feel good. I feel ready to go. Um, so... Today, uh, we have a bunch of stuff to go through. Uh, first things first, uh, we have Potter's starting lineup um, and what that looked like going into the game. Uh, first half woes uh, was not so great in that first half. Uh, Halftime hairdryer treatment, what was going on there in that first half uh, and, and the second half reshuffle that came along with it. Uh, any game-changing substitutions that was made um, and kind of a recap on the game. And then, of course, uh, we're going to move on to the transfer window, uh, the, the Fantasy Premier League, and then the Watford preview as well with a guest on board. First guest is en route. We are very blessed to have uh, the the great man himself, uh, Richie Mills, popping on. Uh, massive thank you to him. Here he comes right now. How's it going, Richie? Are you okay? I do not deserve that welcome. <laughs> But thanks all the same. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks yourself. Yeah, good. Thank you. Uh, thank you again for coming on uh, late notice. Um, long story short is we uh, rescued a puppy a couple of weeks ago. Um, <laughs> and uh, we've just started doing the kind of like come to me on command training uh, that involves treats. And the treats are now uh, giving him a lot of fun. Uh, bowel movement wise so I got greeted by some horrible stuff this morning so I apologize <laughs> um hope you well, well my girlfriend's a vet so um she might be able to if you ever need advice you can send it my way and I'll ask her nice uh yeah we're both lucky in that respect because my wife works as uh, at the vet at a vet uh so we've kind of got advice out of the butt at this point as well as everything else coming out of his <laughs> so um how uh did you travel up to burnley richie i'm assuming you did right i did yeah. yes it was um about poof, nine hours overall kind of there and back but, yeah, um, it was just so great to, to see a full stadium again. I have, I've never actually experienced that. So, yeah, of course, a, you're, yeah, you're. I mean, you're rather new to the reporting game. You kind of burst on the scene um, <laughs> out of nowhere. Do you want to? you want to give? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to give the people uh, a lowdown on how that happened? You know, your rise to to hashtag BHAFC stardom there on that on the timeline because you went from <laughs> well, being I, nowhere I'm to everywhere. You're, so <laughs> you're singing my praises too much; it's uncomfortable. Um, yeah, thanks. Well, uh, yeah. So basically, I um, you know, my mantra was: if you're not good enough to be a sportsman, the best thing after that is to be a sports journalist. So I've sort of wanted to be a sports sports journalist for a Pretty much like since I came out of uni, uh, I started writing and like blogs and stuff like that during uni, but then it's quite competitive. So I did news journalism for like five years. Um, I was in Wiltshire and then Bath and Bristol. So I'm, you know, uh, basically a Southwest lad. Um, but uh, yeah, and then really weirdly, um, the company that I worked for, Reach, was doing this massive redundancy process. And they, they were going to get rid of 500 people nationwide, but for some reason they put 2,000 people at risk. Um, so, And then randomly, my company, they were posting these sports jobs internally. Um, and I was like, great, so I can I can get away from covering, covering you know, M5 motorway crashes and village fates and, um, and uh, you know, kooky court cases. Um, 
so yeah, I leapt at the opportunity and then, yeah, also it's, um, so I'm, I'm about 11 months into the Brighton job. And, um, one thing I do think is, is worth pointing out is that I really feel that Brighton fans are very welcoming and much more so than other teams. Like they're just, yeah. some of the clubs are really, really toxic. They're just, um, but I really feel that Brighton is the opposite. It's very welcoming. Um, and yeah, I've really appreciated the support and I'm, I'm loving, loving covering the seagulls. Yeah, I mean, we're loving having you. It's always nice to have a new voice in the mix. Uh, I mean, you're well aware that, and there's no disrespect to them whatsoever, but Andy Naylor and Brian Owen have pretty much ruled the roost for the last 20 years. Um, and they've ruled it fine. Uh, it's just nice to have, you know, extra voices in there asking different questions. Um, so we appreciate everybody coming forward, including yourself. Uh, absolutely. So we're happy to have you. Uh, anyone that can give us a little bit more transparency on things is always going to help because you know how the club are in keeping things very, very tight to their chest. Um, yes. Not that I blame them for that either. So I'm assuming you're not an Albion fan then, or are you? No, um, I'm not. But I literally, and this is a funny thing, so I've become a massive Albion fan and my mum, who didn't give um, rats about football, is now diehard Brighton. She's actually got like a mug that says like, something along the lines of, you know, you know, Brighton till I die or something along those lines. And, sure. and, um, she wants to try to go to a game. Like she literally could, she used to tell off my dad and I for yelling at the TV. And now she's yelling at the TV and my dad actually won't watch the Brighton games. She will. So <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wasn't actually massive into to football. My, um, so it's like my local team, uh, St Albans, and then following them. But I was more into like tennis or rugby. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, I mean, um, Brighton has sort of it's yeah. It, I'm not. I was. I'm trying to be professional at games and try to not show that my Brighton bias is creeping in. But it's quite hard. But yeah, I was literally just. I was like punch in the air when uh, McAllister got the second goal yesterday. So. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it was a it was a very strange game yesterday, wasn't it? I guess like when you came into the game, uh, you know, for me, I'd been on this show and 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 I was a guest on one of the Burnley fans shows as well. And my prediction was one one because um, it just felt right. Like that just feels yeah. like a classic Brighton Burnley game. Uh, Mikey. Uh, one of our listeners here also expected a draw simply because it was Burnley. Uh, and, and I feel like that was the majority. I think uh, the, the lad on the Burnley show felt the same way. Um, what were your thoughts going into that? You know, away from home, Burnley is always a tough place to go. First time with fans back to, you know, were you going up there thinking we'll be lucky to get away with anything here or were you going up there positive? Uh, I think I was... Um... I expected a draw. I looked at the stats going into the game and I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think going into the game, it was 12 wins to Brighton, 12 wins to Burnley and 15 draws in their entire history. So, um, and obviously there was two draws last season. Brighton probably should have won the first at the Amex and then definitely should have lost the one at Turf Moor last year. So yeah, I would, like you, I was expecting a, a one all, and I was so surprised that they turned it around after being pretty abject especially in the first half yeah no doubt um in terms of the starting lineup you know <laughs> it's it's something i do want to touch on first of all and i feel like every show the starting lineup is worth a conversation in and of itself um were you as surprised as the rest of the fans seeing that up there did you get that team sheet do you as as a press member do you get that team sheet slightly before the fans or do you get it about the same time no, but well, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this, but basically I was the um, at Turf Moor, you're right up top at the back um, looking out onto the moor. Um, okay. So you're kind of the saddle on the pitch. And I happened to be this time sitting behind one of the Brighton guys at the club who does the team. So literally sure. a few minutes before I saw the, sheet, the team sheet and I was just like, okay. <laughs> keep, keep, keep it subtle keep it subtle and then just like type it away so I was like ah oh, yes so basically um, the for us in terms of like page views this is thing called like news now so I was able to get ahead of everyone by being behind the guy so yeah when I saw initially I was like wow Shane Duffy and uh, 
and then no Aaron Connolly, um, and also just in the kind of squad as a whole, no Percy Tau. Um, so yeah, I was I was surprised um, by it, but I thought in the end, like it made sense just because of the physical nature of Burnley. You know, Chris Wood a big lump, and you know you might as well have three fairly big guys to counteract him. Um, so yeah, I wasn't as surprised that he was back, especially because you know he looked like after his very tough year at Celtic, you know, he's had his loan terminated a little bit early. Um, Even with Ben White leaving, it looked as if the writing was on the wall for Duffy in terms of his time at Brighton. Um, He spoke to us uh, after the game and he's got some comments that are coming out tomorrow. Uh, But it's really interesting, very like um, uh, illuminating on on his sort of state of mind. I can't say much more because it's embargoes. But um, of course, of course. But yeah, I mean, he. I really warm to the guy and admire him because he's you know his, his dad passed away just over a year ago. Um, you know he, he got so much abuse from Celtic fans as, as that kind of his dream move, as he put it, turned into something akin to a nightmare. Um, and I think the resolve and commitment he's shown to get back to it really speaks volumes with the guy that he can, he can come over, overcome these difficult hurdles and, and then was probably looking back on it, the best player on the pitch. on the yeah, Saturday. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. Uh, that's well ahead of us in terms of the man of the match, but I, I agree. Um, he was probably mine as well. Um, the starting lineup, although on paper it looked okay, the way Potter shaped them up was horrific. Um, he had Webster at right. We went four at the back. Webster at right back. Pascal Gross at left back. Uh, Webster just was not sure whether he needed to come inside, whether he needed to be out wide. Yeah. Solly March was just about as lost at sea as you could imagine. Uh, the 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 Mwepu, Basuma, Alzate move, I don't know. They didn't seem to understand what they were doing either. The only player that seemed to really understand what he was doing was Mopai, and that's because he's just told to play up front. Um, and, you know, I think that personally, I think we were very lucky to go in at halftime, just one down. Yeah, the 100%. goal came very quickly. Uh, the the Again, another set piece, another problem, and they caused us problems all day. Whether that is going to be a another problem for the year, it's tough to gauge with Burnley, I think. Uh, I don't know if you agree with that because they are, it's kind of their specialty. Um, but for me, you know, that first half was as bad as I've seen the Albion, both tactically and just physically one on one in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree with all that. Um, I think uh, one, yeah, I mean, I was definitely worried when you've got. You know, six foot four Duffy, six foot four Dunk, six foot three Webster, all not really being able to contain just, you know, good in swinging balls. Sanchez flapped at a couple. The first half, I didn't think he commanded his area well, but in the second half, I definitely he made some important claims. Um, but yeah, Brighton, as I say, they were hanging on. I mean, obviously, after that goal, uh, Goodmanson hit the post, um, then Ben Mee hit the bar, and that like kind of went onto the line and then it was cleared away. Uh, yeah, I mean, Brighton could have been and probably should have been at least two or three goals down in just in terms of they just didn't turn up. It was just so disjointed. There was no real cohesion. I, I can't really remember. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't even know if they had a, a proper shot on goal. It was just like, yeah, things had to change and, and credit to Potter for making those changes. Yeah, yeah, I think it's one of those things a lot of the fans online at the time were giving Potter stick, and I think rightfully so. Um, you know, when when you're the manager and you make that decision, you set your team out like that, and it goes as badly as it did, I think that it's right to, to have people question that decision. But uh, disappointingly, personally, I found a lot of those same people weren't willing to give him credit when he, when he changed it around and arguably was the orchestrator of the win. Um, and the second half was a total, total change in, in vibe, in attitude. Uh, I thought, personally, Mwepu was really unfortunate to be taken off. Um, I think he was kind of a, 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 an injury for the, uh, not an injury, a casualty of the tactical switch-up. Um, yeah. I would have personally preferred to see Alzate come off. Um, I thought he looked 
like he thought he had more time than he did every time he almost held on to the ball a little bit too long. Um, but that second half, you know, it's it's strange because the stats weren't 100% different bar in the shots. You know, we dominated possession. The pass success rate was way higher for the Albion, unsurprisingly. Um, you know, we allowed them to win set pieces when we really shouldn't be allowed them to keep getting set pieces. Um, but the shot change was the big one. We, we started, you know, pushing forward and actually creating chances. Um, from kind of the word go that second half, you know, we looked a lot more assured with Lalana. And then the subs came on at, what, 70 minutes and and, and Jakob Moda changed the entire game. Um, the first goal for the Albion, the run from Moda was just unbelievable. Uh, he's a player that I said last week was should be playing more often this year, if not starting, if Lalana is not going to be fit 100% of the time. I would love him to be in the middle with Basuma. Uh, in terms of his, you know, his season and what it looks like, he's already made a massive impact with an assist with his first touch of the ball. What do you what do you think it looks like for Modder and what did you make of that that entire goal and substitution really? Well yeah, I mean it's funny. So like just from from my perspective, one thing that's actually interesting is that I actually feel when you're at the game, you don't quite take as much because obviously you're having to like tweet and then put something in the live blog and then you kind of miss certain things. But um yeah, I, the, the tie was definitely turning towards Brighton, but it wasn't like straight away. But then the the subs just had the most instant impact. And yeah, I mean, the first the first goal, I think, um, yeah, Basuma got it in his own half, strode forward and then did a nice outside the foot um, pass with his right boot. And then Moda, yeah, just inch perfect cross um, across the six-yard box. And then Mope, I think they tracked his movement, like kind of got away from his mark, just ahead of his marker and, and tapped him. But yeah, with Mota, I mean, honestly, I do think Brighton's midfield is just packed with a lot of potential. Um, and there's so many players, like good players who could be left out. I mean, like, yeah, Moda wasn't playing and he, you know, got the assist. McAllister came on, literally, I think it was his first touch. He scored the goal and that was, you know, the winner. Um you know, there's everyone's raving about Moises Caicedo. We haven't seen any of him yet. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, there's still there's still Alzate, there's still Gross, there's still um, you know Muepu. There's just there's so much competition there, and unfortunately, someone is going to be um, disappointed. But yeah, I do I do think it's really interesting to see which how Moda has played last year because. I don't, even though like he, I think he played well against Newcastle. I really don't want him to play as a, a wing back, um, as he was a number of times last season, as long as, as well with Pascal Gross. But yeah, it's just an interesting one of fitting in all that talent and which is the best way to get the best out of the team. Um, that's a real dilemma for for me, anyway. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It was actually one of the the big topics for my my preview podcast was the central midfield war. Like we have so many. I mean, even Taylor Richards was on the bench yesterday. Uh, yeah, a, bright, a very bright young talent had a great season last year. Um, and a different player as well. Yeah, kind of glides past people and very good close control and slightly more attacking. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, in terms of the. You know that second goal. It was almost a rinse and repeat, wasn't it? In terms yeah, of the, the copy, execution, yeah. um, and do you know what struck me is that there was a there was an analysis piece last year, and I'd usually say it was Albion Analytics, but it wasn't. It was someone else. It was like Stats Bomb or someone like that, and they analysed the Albion. And one of the reasons why we may not be as clinical as as we should be, and it was the it was the cutback. So. They analyzed it and they found that a vast percentage of the, the the attempts were brought from cutbacks instead of cut across. And there's a difference between the two. Like obviously, like you the majority of the balls were going to the byline, to the touchline, and they were coming backwards to the face of goal. And it was providing more opportunity to block. And what I'd noticed yesterday, almost immediately, because it was one of those like articles I read that stuck with me because that was like halfway through the season and every game you watched afterwards, I was like, shit, it's again and again and again. And yesterday was a total change in philosophy. It was all about yeah. the cut across the flash across goal. And 
funnily enough, two goals came from the two the two cut across goals. Um, Alexis McAllister, another one of those players that you were just saying about. The burst into the box was very number 10-esque. Um, the finish was so comfortable. You know, what do you do with this group of talented players here? Like, you've got so many of them and they can all play such great different roles. Do you anticipate from your perspective as, you know, you get to talk to these people a little more, do you anticipate from your head that you may well see one or two loans going out? Or do you think that this is going to be one of those cases of Potter will rotate this entire batch and and work on that? Barring Basuma, I suppose, because he's almost the first name on the team sheet with Lewis. Yeah, I mean, touch wood, uh, Brighton keep him. And it seems more and more you know, that he will stay. Um, but, uh, yeah, of that group, it's, I can't, I think the only person who might would be Taylor Richards. I think because he spent last loan, last season, sorry, on loan at Doncaster in League One, um, the next logical step up would be the championship. Um, but he's, yeah, Potter has said, like, uh, he's been really impressed by him. He's taken his, um, game to the next level but yeah in terms of everyone else um, it's a difficult one I mean yeah because it's I've asked Potter about this before and, and I said like how do you keep because you know you've got a squad especially last season when they had a squad nearing 30 how yeah. the hell do you keep that many people happy when only 11 start and then was it nine subs but only three get on. Like, how the hell do you go about it? And it's just, and he's just, he, you know, he didn't quite answer the question, but it's sort of just trying to, you know, develop a good atmosphere and give them, you know, opportunities when you can and stuff like that. And, um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think there's been some talk potentially of Caicedo going out on loan, um, but I haven't heard in terms of any substance behind that. Um, there's been talk of, again, I don't, don't think there's much credence to this view, but saying about Alzati, maybe um, there is talk of Malumbi, Jason Malumbi potentially leaving for good. Um, yep. I asked Potter about that on Thursday. I said, um, first asked about Lacardia, uh, which is another topic we can get onto. Um, but yeah, Jason Malumbi, obviously, um, it's yeah, he. You know, seemed like he could be the golden boy a few years ago. Um, at the end, like I think Hewton was raising, raving about him when he was 18. Um, and then after a really good loan spell at Millwall, it looked like he could kick on. And then it did. Got one minute against Aston Villa last season and then was loaned out and had a difficult, well, not an underwhelming loan spell at Preston. So, yeah, basically Potter said loan or something else. And I personally think something else. Um so, yeah, in answer to your question, I can't... Yeah, maybe Richards, Malumbi, I think, will go on a permanent. But other than that, I don't know. I think he'll try to keep keep them all. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's a bad idea. Um, last thing on the match itself, obviously, the, the comeback was superb. I think the tactical decisions were excellent. Um, you know, I thought Mopai was was great. He He continues to do what I think he can do in that in that that team. He he's so happy dropping back and and playing creator as much as he is wanting to get goals. Um we looked so much better in that second half when we reverted to a back three. I think we've got to stick with it for Watford. We have to. Uh because Saar and Dennis and all of these players are just gonna rip us apart if we go in there as un, unorganized as last time. Um but we did touch on it a little bit, but Shane Duffy uh just Unbelievable. He led the team in shots yesterday. Uh, four shots equal with Mopai, which is outrageous. You know, set wow. pieces again. <laughs> um, he was he was just superb in just about every avenue. Uh, he was one of the best pass defense, like pass percentages. Only Alzate had a better pass percentage accuracy. Um, obviously, his aerial dominance was outrageous. Uh, he won nine aerial battles yesterday. Uh, Webster was second with three. 
So that tells wow. you, you know, he... <laughs> yeah, I saw the, the Duffy one, but I didn't <laughs> know that was so far down for the rest. Yeah, yeah it's just mental. Uh, he had 10 clearances yesterday. Next best was Duncom 4. Um, he was just so far ahead of everybody in terms of yeah, that blimey. defensive uh, contribution. You know, I think everybody assumed that Ostergaard was the man this year to step up to the Ben White role. And I was disappointed personally when I saw him going out on loan. Yeah. I, I like the team he's gone out on loan to. I think it's a good championship move. They're a like, big-ish club in the championship. You know, they should be a lot better than they are with all the money they had and the Premier League experience. But it's a great move for him. Um, they're a lot more established than Coventry were with no disrespect to Coventry at all. But, you know, they'd just come up. Um, 29 years old, like you said, an absolute nightmare of a season last year and a nightmare in his life, really um for that year as with covid ongoing which has just destroyed many people's mental health um do you think this is really going to be the year that you see the shane duffy come back i mean i know you spoke to him a lot more so than than we have and we'll all read about it tomorrow but you know do you see do you really see him becoming a permanent fixture a lot of these players take advantage of of unexpected absences veltman being the one i'm talking about and you know, it seemed pretty locked in that that was going to be the the back three. And yet Shane Duffy comes in, grabs that brass ring, becomes man of the match. And, you know, what what do you see in his future? Do you do you think he could end up staking a claim? Personally, I think he could after that. I think it would be foolish and cruel not to start him against Watford next Saturday. Um, I asked Potter yesterday about why Veltman was absent and he said he came into close contact with someone with COVID. So I don't know exactly when um, that is. So there's a chance he may be available for um, for Watford next Saturday. But yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, he was head and shoulders above the rest. Uh, he, I mean, Potter said he was outstanding. Um it's a digital one because in terms of actual defensive options, after looking like we were, you know, we were stacked in terms of defense. Like that was such an area of strength and depth. But, you know, with Dan Byrne out for the next few weeks, um, Potter said he could come back before the international break in, you know, just over two or three weeks' time, but it could be after that. Um, uh, obviously, Ben White's gone for 50 million to Arsenal, had a bit of a tough time without maybe Webster and good defence like Dunk beside him uh, against Brentford. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, Ostergaard's on loan. Uh, Van Heck, who had a very good, uh, well, a decent loan spell at Heronveen last year. He's injured at the moment and he might go out on loan again. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's quite a shrinking amount of options there now. So almost by just sheer numbers. It's like, it would be foolish to get, to get rid of him when someone who's, who's got loads of Premier League experience, he's been there and done that. Um, uh, yeah. So I think with Lamptey oof, could be out for a while. I'm so sad about him. Um, and if they do stick to, I really do. I would like if, um, it was Dunk, Webster and Duffy and then Veltman at the right, uh, right wing back. I think that would be, that would be great. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is this could be the second coming of Duffy. I wouldn't hate it. Not after yesterday, <laughs> it was very <laughs> impressive. Um, overall, dream start. You know, we we saw everything we wanted to see from the team. Three points, big three points on the road. You know, going away from home is always difficult. Going away from home to Burnley, week one is even more so. Um, obviously, the next big question that everybody is looking at is. And I've seen a surprising amount of people change their attitude. Personally, I haven't. Is the need for a striker? Um, do I think Mopai is is good enough? Yeah, I do. I think he can't be. I don't think he can possibly be as unlucky as last season. Uh, Lightning surely cannot strike twice in that kind of XG stuff. Um, but do you do you think uh, that from your personal opinion? Bold prediction. No pressure. Uh, do you think from the stuff you hear that there will be more to come in the next three weeks? Or are you of the opinion that you may see 
Potter go with what he's got, especially if we end up getting a couple of good results back to back? Uh, I personally feel, and this is from, I've just been asking around and trying to ascertain what the latest is, but from what I've learned, I think Potter is happy with his current lot. I don't think uh, he will buy a striker this transfer window. And it's an interesting one because with Percy Tao potentially going to Egyptian side Al Ali, um, which I think is a shame, uh, you know, and um, well, it's, it's still kind of, I've been told that Florandoni's future is still a little bit up in the air. Um, he may just want to leave, you know, to try and get first team football somewhere. Um, and with Welbeck's injury, and he has, you know, very injury prone at the times, you you get this, and obviously being the anointed the kings of XG last year and, and all that jazz, um, there is definitely a strong argument to say Brighton need a striker, but um, it's it's proven hard to, to get one. I think they've been linked with Benfica's Darwin Nunes for a while, but his agent came out and said he's not going anywhere until at least December or January or some of that. They tried to get um, Nico Gonzalez from Stuttgart, the kind of forward winger guy, and he went to Fiorentina. They were linked with um, uh, Alan Velasco, uh, Independiente in Argentina, and, and he said he's happy there for now. So that's put on the back burner. So... Um, and I think, sadly, your big man is... is um, I'm not sure that's going to happen, sadly. Um, so, was it Onachu? Onachu, is yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I think he will... He, he he values his squad and he's always talking about improving, improving. And, and um, you know, if you look at other managers, um, Chris Wilder, for example, is a, is a good example. He took... Um, at least a few players from League One to the Premier League. And obviously they, they got relegated to the second season, but for the first season, they were good. Um, similar with um, Leeds and, and Bielsa, he took a mid-table Leeds team and pretty much with the same squad has turned them into a you know decent Premier League team. So I think, and I think Potter has that in his arsenal as well. He's, I think... In terms of improving players, I think Basuma working with Potter has come on leaps and bounds, personally. I think yep. Adam Webster's has improved a lot. Um, I, I do think Solly March has improved. Maybe even Lewis Dunk's got even better. Um, but obviously, Potter did have some very good players at his disposal, so he can't complete, you know, take complete credit. But I do think he has the ability, as a very good coach, to improve players. And I think he will back him and his team to improve. So I think he will give them another go for a little while. And then if it doesn't work at all, then maybe, um, but yeah, I can't see them signing a striker this transfer window, sadly. But do you see any more incomings? Cucurella, I know one of those is, is, is bandied around. That one seems to be going back and forth constantly. Uh, Obviously, Liveramento we backed out of due to that buyback clause. He started for Southampton this week, uh, already beaten Kyle Walker-Peters out of the role. That was interesting to see. Um, in terms of general incomings, you know, do you think that the Albion are just about done, or do you think they're going to be probing and seeing if we can't bring in one or two more? So this is where, going back to Naylor and Owen, uh, they're much more clued in on this stuff for me. It takes a lot of time to kind of build up these contacts and get these sources. And, and obviously, sure. the, when you ask the club, they just say, yeah, but yeah, so I would say to those listening, you know, they're, they're the kind of more authorities on this. Um, Potter has said, you know, they will, you know, they'll be looking right up until the end of the window. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if someone came in, but I that's just a hunch, that's nothing on like you know, inside knowledge or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think, um, in terms of a window, like if you sort of step back and look at it, it's mainly been about people leaving. You know, it's been Ben White, it's been Ellie Reza Yahambach, it's been Matt Ryan, it's been David Proper, it's been Bernardo, it's been Jose Izquierdo. You know, they've only bought in, in terms of like a net gain, you've got, you've lost White and then you've gained Moepu and Sherpin, you know, a backup keeper, that's, you know, not yep. a great thing. So they've reduced the wage bill. I think basically just people want to see some of this 50 million spent. So, 
but yeah, I don't know. I couldn't say uh, what will happen. I wouldn't be surprised if someone comes in, but I have no idea who that will be. Or sure. Where. Last thing to touch on for the transfer stuff and, and the Albion and a striker. Uh, the one, HJW, hi, by the way, uh, he said, we saw against Southampton when Mopai had a taller partner, a bigger strip partner. Next to him, we we tended to get a lot out of him, maybe the most out of him. Uh, that was my argument too. You know, I, I was never against Mopai playing. I, my my love my love affair with Paul Anoachi, my hope was that they would play together more than anything, yeah. the classic kind of little and large um, striker options up front. And obviously the Anoachi thing is really just a dream, but... Uh, that there is one bigger man that is a stronger, more physical presence up front. And I know you said you couldn't touch on him, but I'm going to ask anyway. Jurgen Lacardia is that that really only singular, more physical presence up front. And we've seen him like post pictures of him training, then deleting it. We've seen him like write things out and then get rid of them all of a sudden. We've seen him mentioned in press conferences, then like scrubbed out, like. Without with saying as much as you can, what is going on with Jurgen Lacardia? Sadly, I think uh, Potter was just being polite when um, he basically said that you know he's here, he's he's, he's our player. Um, but but yeah, I from what I understand, I think he'll be offloaded um, this potentially this transfer window. I'm not sure if it'll be loan or permanent. Um, I think his contract does end this next summer um but yeah i personally feel it would be i mean because it's important to remember that potter loaned him out initially to hoffenheim a couple years ago and then cincinnati twice um and the cincinnati one was quite underwhelming um so yeah i do i uh, the person who can't remember their name sorry uh who did pop up there i do think that Personally, I just feel that he is not an, like a number nine out, right? He he's very good. I think he can. He's more effective with um, with a Welbeck, for example. And I think the right. game that he was going to do the Southampton one, they did work pretty well. Welbeck had some nice touches. Um, he got, I think, maybe got the assist for Trossard's winner back at St Mary's. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think. Sadly, I don't think Jurgen Lacard is going to be the man who's who's going to play. I think he'll be um, uh, he'll be leaving the club in not too long. Uh, but yeah, I do feel that if Welbeck's fit, he could be the the one to play with him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it makes sense to me. I think BHA Harvey, if you're listening to this or if you uh, you watch it or <laughs> listen to it back, um, you've lost Yappy. You're about to lose Lacardia. I think you need to find. And hope it's third time lucky that your uh, your standing gets gets you somewhere with a player. Um, What's he going to do? Actually, like he is Yappy has gone. Like, is he not going to change? Is he just going to be Yappy forever? I think so. I mean, yeah, we'll have to ask him. Uh, it's one of the, it's a strange one. Um, he's a he's a he's a funny lad, man. Uh, but Richie, you know, like I said, dream start, good win. Um, I'm happy football's back. I'm sure everybody is. I'm sure it was great for you in the stadium, seeing all the fans back, even if the majority were Burnley. Can't can't win them all. Um, But I know you've got, you know, it's a lot later over there, and I know you've got some food to make and stuff. So thank you so much for giving me as much time as you did. I didn't expect this much, so you're very generous. Um, And hopefully I would love to have you on again in the future. Um, maybe post transfer window, just to just to talk about you know what the what the thoughts are after that. Um, I don't want to keep pressing you for stuff when you're obviously not able to share everything. So uh, I look forward to hearing about Duffy's story tomorrow, um, and I'll let you go. So thank you. Thanks so much for having me on, and uh, yeah, keep up the good work, soldier. I, d- <laughs> Cheers, I don't know mate. why I said soldier. Sorry, that's, <laughs> that's such a twat. Sorry. Um, yeah, have a good one, mate. Cheers. Take care. Yeah, absolutely. Have a good one. All right, thank you to Richie Mills, uh, Sussex Live, loving life over there. Uh, only 11 months in, so fair play to him. Um, next up uh, is the Watford preview. Um, very good friend of mine, Kyle, is about to come on the show uh, and give his review uh, of what he witnessed yest- yesterday, uh, what a start they had uh, against Aston Villa. Um, a team that everybody thought were just about spent outspending everybody barring Man City, really. Uh, and you expected, you know, them to hit the ground running and they didn't um so kyle uh popping you into the stream now how's it going while uh while kyle's playing around over there uh 
another one. Uh, a weird shout, but Yaku Maite, Maite, whatever his name is, uh, from Reading. Very strong, good finisher. Gives us a new dynamic, fairly cheap. Uh, just looking him up. Um, yeah, he seemed he seemed pretty good last year. Tw- 25 games, 12 goals. Uh, big lad, too. Um, six foot one, only 25. Uh, started off at PSG. You know, if we're looking for a player of that kind of mold, uh, it's not an awful decision. Um, he's got plenty of uh, plenty of international experience too, going through the Ivory Coast teams. Uh, can't imagine it would be difficult to get us to get a visa for him because uh, he's already got one for for, for, for Reading. Um, so that's not a bad idea. Um, you know, I think that we probably need to be looking at players like that. Uh, you know, Johnson Clark Harris was another one for me. Uh, for Peterborough, although he has not hit the ground running at all uh, in the championship. Um, Fantasy Premier League, let's touch on that while we we wait for Kyle to to come back. Fantasy Premier League uh, has started up. Please do uh, join everything you can. Uh, We do have some great stuff here. Uh, Join the league, GD820F. Uh, It's just about not too late to join in. Um, there are prizes at the end of it, um, so please do come on in. Uh, the the winner last year uh, won uh, a classic shirt from the club shop um, and a couple of other couple of goodies that that he wanted. Um, so you know there is stuff to be won. Uh, I foolishly or not foolishly bench boosted this week. Uh, I got about eleven points from my bench, which uh, before everybody laughs. Um, I was unfortunate enough um, to last two years. I bench boosted during double game weeks and got nothing anyway. I got like eight points and 10 points. So that went great. Uh, so I actually outscored myself. So I'll take the bench boost for 11 points and finished on 95. Um, high scoring week all around with Bruno and Salah. Uh, so, you know, I was a bit gutted uh, that I went with Mwepu and he was brought off at half time. but all in all, uh, Good start to the Fantasy Prem. I love having all of the three o'clock kickoffs back and you see all those kind of points racking up. Um, and yeah, don't forget to join the league. GD820F. Uh, there are prizes. Uh, if you are not a Brighton fan and you're in that league, you're probably going to be disappointed in what prizes are available, though. Just a heads up. So it looks like Kyle's back. Uh, let's add him back to the screen. The stream, <laughs> Kyle, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? That is, uh, yes, that is a lot better. Uh, oh, I appreciate that very much indeed. <laughs> Apparently my phone isn't going to work today, so we're going to go with the, uh, the old computer. No worries. Um, so you've had one uh, one season back in exile in the championship um, and you are back. Uh, so, you know, your transfer to market dealings, all that stuff before we even get into the game yesterday. Uh, were you, how did you feel coming into the, the start of the Premier League season? You know, you, it was pretty underwhelming going down. You kind of did the job to come back up. You've been quietly busy in the window. What were you, what were you looking at when you came into to the Villa game and in general? I think that that's a perfect way of describing it was quietly busy. <laughs> um, it wasn't super overwhelmed by the, by the signings that we brought in. Uh, Emmanuel Dennis was very, he was intriguing, uh, but I didn't really know what we were getting there. Uh, we loaded up on strikers, which I was, uh, I was kind of happy about because I'm, I'm in the camp of not being 100% behind giving Dini a bunch of a bunch of run just because he's getting a little bit older. Uh, but I was really, really happy to bring in uh, Joshua King. Um, my impression of him has always been that he, he gets the job done. Uh, but just bringing in people like, like an Emmanuel Dennis um, br- brought in a couple of Nigerian kids like him and uh, Peter, uh, Pete Etebo, uh, who, who started yesterday as well in the, uh, in the midfield. I, once again, I wasn't overwhelmed, but I was happy to see that they were doing things. I didn't know if they had done enough yet, though, to to really secure safety. That that's still up in the air, especially with the stuff going on with Will Hughes and Nathaniel Chalaba. Uh, they, I don't know if they're gonna if they're gonna be playing this year. Chalaba seems to be a little bit more. Uh, he seems to be more receptive to coming back to the team, but Hughes, they basically told him that if he's not going to sign a contract, he's going to be on the U23s. So that seems to be going 
in a, in a terrible way. And I would have loved <laughs> to have him out on the field, but uh, I mean, all in all, we did things. I don't know if it's enough to stay up. That's fair. Uh, it is enough to put three past Villa though. Um, you came into it and you ended up with 1.35 XG and three goals to show for it. So Taking chances uh, is obviously a major point in the Premier League. It's something that Brighton struggled with last year. Uh, And ironically, it was something that we didn't struggle with at all yesterday. Um, For you guys, you know, that's going to be just as important, right? Because you've just came up taking chances, scoring as many as you can when you get those odd opportunities. Uh, And you did, you know, Dennis comes in, brand new sign-in, scores within 10 minutes. Uh, Saar, this, this, you know, this huge sign-in that you brought in, uh, a couple of years ago, he he worked hard. He stuck with you, which nobody thought was going to happen. At least you know, eighteen months ago, got the second, uh, and then Cucho, who I believe had been with you for a fair while, and finally you know gets his opportunity and and bags as well. Um, in terms of that, you know that starting lineup, Will Hughes is obviously going to be a big miss, um, and Chalaba slightly as well, but. You know, do you think that you need anything else at this point? Would you like to see, you know, some more activity in the window? I wouldn't mind a little bit more of, uh, of some midfield depth. Um, I do like the kid, the, the people that we brought in. We brought in a Slovakian dude named uh, Kuchko, and he's he's older. He's like 34, but he started yesterday, and he's a burly kind of just push around, all tatted up wouldn't mind getting in a fight kind of guy. <laughs> uh, and we probably needed somebody like that. He kind of reminds me a bit of Holobos. <laughs> okay. Like, if you need somebody to, to really kind of get in it, he's, he's there for you. And he got a yellow yesterday and wasn't surprised about that. It was kind of a, it was an iffy chance at a tackle. <laughs> he, he came in hard, but he kept his feet down. So he only got the yellow. Um, he will get side. some reds. This, yeah, he will get some reds this year. Uh, and, I mean, we kept Dan Gosling. Uh, he's got experience in the Premier League. Um, not a bad guy to bring out, bring on, but he's, once again, he's a little bit older. Uh, Peter Adebo, he played really well, I thought, uh, and was he was kind of another one of those really under the – just under the radar signings. And I was surprised that he got the start, but he played really well, uh, kind of in the as the one in the one four one four one in the midfield. And I, we just need some more depth. I mean, uh, Domingos Kina is still there. Um, just we need more depth. I think that at that position, uh, I like our defense to a point. Last uh, yesterday was a little weird uh, because. Uh, Feminia was not available, so they put Cathcart in at the right back, and that was a little weird to me. I thought they might go with Ngakia, but um, now they went Cathcart, and he played well, but he's not what you expect out of a normal right back. Uh, he doesn't, right. yeah, he's a, he's a center back playing that right back position. I uh, maybe a little bit of uh, of depth on the back in the back, like in a, in our uh, in our center backs, but. I don't think we need anything as far as strikers. We got too many of them, honestly. <laughs> Three points is massive. Uh, you know, you've got to start at home. Um, getting that early win is always important. You did it in front of Vicarage Road, which is always nice. Uh, every point counts at the, the, the level we're at. You know, that, you know that's a huge, huge win. Um, you then travel down to Brighton, um, you know, this time next week. And you've got a lot going on there. Um, and shortly after that, you then take on Palace. Uh, so you've got a really kind of kind start first couple of opening games. You know, you've got Villa, Brighton, Palace, uh, and I'm not sure what you've got beyond that, but it looks pretty nice uh, to open up with. In terms of the the trip down to the Albion next weekend, uh, what are you what are you expecting from that? What do you what do you foresee that game looking like from a Watford perspective, especially after you've just got a kind of a taster as to what that side looks like um, and and what you know of Brighton? Not three goals. I don't think we're going to get that again. Um, I'm a little worried that that was buoyed by being in front of the home crowd for the first time. 
Uh, they seemed incredibly excited. And I mean, I saw a lot of stuff that I love. I loved. Sar was an absolute beast on the right side. He embarrassed uh, Target for for Villa. He he Good. destroyed him. Um, I think he came out at halftime. They, they, they're like, we need something else because he is just not getting the job done. And Emmanuel Dennis, uh, I think he nutmegged him one time in the box too. It was they, they were just abusing him down the right side. Now Dennis, he did come up a little lame in the in the game. I uh, don't know if that was just cramps. Uh, he did get up and start running and tried to get back into the game, but then he's like, no, I can't do it. So that's when they brought in Cucho, uh, and Cucho really impressed as well. But I just they, – they were so excited and so, like, just pumped to be in front of the, the home crowd. I don't know what that looks like going into uh, onto the uh, into an away pitch. Right. Um, I would hope to come out of it with a draw, maybe a 1-1 draw. Um, just cause I don't think we're going to get that kind of scoring and defensively, we seem to bend, but not break until Adam Messina decided to do, to foul Villa in the, the, like the, one of the worst fouls I've ever seen, like the laziest, just dumb foul on the face of the earth. And the fact that I saw it earlier in the match from, from Villa doing it to Sar, it's like, why is that a thing? Why is anybody doing that? It's never going to go well for you. Basically what, yeah. what he did is he got beat and all he did was fl- like turn around and stick his left leg out. So and trip the guy. It was like, what are you doing? So if we can avoid those kind of uh, mistakes, um, yeah. I think that we can get out of there with a draw, maybe a win too. I mean, we did lead the uh, championship last year in clean sheets. We were, we were the best defensive team in, in uh, the championship last year. And I so, think that's really important. I think that's more, that's, you know, you've obviously got to score. You've got to be really good at one end. You've got to, if you're going to stay up when you come up, you've got to be really good one end or the other. Uh, for us, when we came up under Hewton, of course, it was defensively as well, unsurprisingly. Um, and, you know, if you can build that and build on it, you know, you, you've got a good base to come up on. For the teams that struggle, you know, they're the ones that don't, you know, what it, what the Norwich do really well, nothing. And, you know, I don't see them doing very well this, this, this year either. Um, you know, what the leads do really well, well, they attack fa- fantastically. They defend appallingly, but they score enough goals to be okay. Um, you know, unless I they're think playing Man United, unless they play Manchester United. Yeah. Uh, where they just like to ship five or six, every single game. Um, Man United must be wondering if they can play him every week. Uh, in terms of the the lineup that you're expecting on your side, what you know, obviously Dennis came up like, eh, like what are you what are you thinking it will look like next week? Uh, you know, you played that four one four one. Do you see any changes? Would you like to see any changes? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, Cisco is kind of a ma- uh, creature of habit. Uh, he tends to go with if he finds something that works, he goes with it. And yeah, I mean, there was a lot of ex- experimental times in it early on in his stint last year. But once he found that he really enjoyed the four, three, three, we went with that the entire time. Um, I would not be surprised if they run the same lineup out there. Uh, it also depends on who comes back from injury. I, th- I think that's, that's a big thing. Pe- Pedro's still hurt. Joshua King is hurt. Um, and if they get Feminia back, I mean, I mean, they might run with something, something different, maybe push, uh, push for like a five, uh, five three two or something like that. I, but I would see that I, I would expect uh, probably the same lineup. And if Dennis is is still still healthy, I think they run the same thing back. Fair. I mean, it makes sense, right? Like, don't change it if it's something broken. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they're very very pacey <laughs> up front with that with with uh, Dennis and Sar and then Sema on the left. Uh, they were and that was very much their game, which was defend and counter. And just get get those guys out and running um, right off the bat. Get them up the pitch and see if you can get get uh, the other team in in unsettled positions. It'll be interesting. Uh, one of the one of the, the the things we've not talked about at all, and, and one of those ones that maybe a lot of people listen don't even know about. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see the the slight dynamic with Potter and how he plans for this game, given his uh, experience and knowledge of Ken Semmer. Um, he he's the reason for Semmer's rise to, to to Premier League football. Really, he's the one who orchestrated it from 
Sweden. And it will be interesting to see how he, he adapts for that, um, for sure. Because, you know, if, if if Cisco is a man of habit, that's kind of the ones that, that Potter tends to do better against. But you just never know. Um, new team, who knows? Uh, in terms of the Brighton side, what do you look at? If you're looking at that Brighton team, uh, obviously it was a very different 11 both halves this week with the, with the tactical changes and everything that went on. Um, are there any names that stick out that worry you next week? Is there anyone there that you go like, yeah, like he's going to be a thorn in my side, nerves-wise, all, all game long. Um, really, anything going on in the in the midfield, Pascal Gross kind of scares me. <laughs> he tends to he holds the ball well, and he knows what to do with the ball. So I think that if you can exploit, especially these players that are playing in the midfield that are new to the system, Akuchko, who just came over last last week. Yeah. Um, and then Ed- who's just getting into the, he just came over this, this summer. Um, not really. And they're new to the premier league. They're new to the Watford system. Somebody that's controlled in the midfield and can distribute, you know, that's something, somebody that can really have a big impact on the game and can really turn it on its side for Watford. Right. So it could be a, uh, it could be a day for, for Pascal Gross and Bissouma to uh to really cause problems that i mean that makes sense um from my side you know i look at your team and obviously the one that stands out is star you know we've we are down to the bare bones defensively despite the fantastic second half performance it doesn't change the fact that we are down to bare bones um and although we certainly don't hurt for pace out wide solly march is very fast uh and that's the same area that we'll be seeing Sar in uh, obviously, if we had Lamptey fit, I'd be a lot less worried because, it, you know, if, if Sars in a one-on-one race with anybody, if I had to pick one person to beat him, it would be obviously Lamptey that he can beat just about anybody. Um, and I, I made that opinion when I saw him beat Jamie Vardy in a one-on-one sprint. And I was like, okay, yeah, he's really quick. <laughs> but, <laughs> but obviously, he's hurt. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I think Sar is going to be the man um, on your side that, you know, if there's going to be problems for the Albion, it's it's going to come through him. And I think that's probably going to be the story of your season, right? 100%. 100%. The, the, the game goes through him. They yeah. are purposely looking for him on the right side, getting him out into space and letting him run. Yeah. Because he's so fast. And he, I mean, he created the goal to Dennis too. He he was the one that 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 put, that, uh, put it in the box for him. And it, he took the first shot, got it deflected, then it came right back to him. He stepped out a little bit further to the right and blasted it into the goal. Yeah, uh, that's that's a that's very much Sar's game. Is he gets down the right, he tries to beat you around the corner, or maybe draw a, a corner kick, or try to get the ball into the box at that point for somebody to put put a foot on it. Yeah, makes sense to me. Um, it'll be an interesting one because Solly March is is very quick. So it's going to be an interesting kind of scrap. Uh, I would definitely say that that Solly has the tools to deal with him better than Target did. Um, but it's going to be a weird one. Uh, score prediction wise, you've already thrown out a one-one there. Do you want to do you want to go with that fully? Do you think it's going to be a one-one? Uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with a one-one. Then we can both go home. <laughs> all right next week not not ready to murder somebody <laughs> yeah i was uh i was hoping for three points from our opening three just before the transfer window just because i'd rather be conservative and burnley away is tough and we have everton after you all um and you never know what everton's going to show up right the everton we played last season were on like a nine game winning streak and were unbelievable the the everton yesterday went 2-0 down and won like 3-2. So like, who the hell knows what Everton are going to do uh, every week. So for me, I was looking at the Watford game as the one to win. Um, your start obviously made me sit up and take notice, you know, scoring three goals against a Villa side that were pretty good defensively last year. Um, I still would like to see us win it. You know, I think we can. I think both teams are capable of doing it, obviously. Uh, that's the beauty of the league. Um, but I, I would not be surprised at all if... If after all the goals last last week, you know, three for you, two for us, great comeback for us, I would not be at all surprised. And I'm going to go with nil-nil. I think it's going to be an absolute <laughs> drab nil-nil. I think both teams are going to be, uh, they're going to, 
both focus on snuffing the other team out, Saf, you know, and 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 Gross and and players like that. And I can see it being a real kind of just drab nil nil for the uh, for the Amex to sink their teeth into as their first game back full capacity. Good, we can fall asleep on Marty's couch. Yep, yep. Kyle, thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you very much. From you, um, prediction for where you're going to finish this season. Do you think you're going to be okay? I'm worried. I mean, okay. I like um, yesterday was a pleasant surprise. Once again, points are points, and you take them wherever you can get. I'm the, uh, the only thing that I want out of the season is survival. Um, I worry that we're gonna finish like 18th, but I think it's gonna be close, and I wouldn't be surprised to be like 16 or 17. I'm gonna I'm gonna be optimistic and say we're gonna finish 16. Nice. Yeah, and the bookies reflect that after yesterday. Uh, they've got you as third favorite for relegation. So, you know, you're in and around that group, Norwich, Crystal Palace, Watford, Burnley. But at the same time, it's it's the bookies and it changes every week. You could yeah. win again this week and you'll be in the middle of the table. So, yeah, that's, that's just to be expected. Um, I mean, one good thing is that when we went down, we hadn't won a game. We didn't win a game before uh, Christmas, I think. So we've already got that part done. <laughs> we've won a game we've won a game this is That's improvement this is good stuff and you've still uh, got the same manager that you started the season with i know it's only one game in but that's also a big achievement talk uh, to me in november I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm i'm gonna set the over under on two managers this year um no i really hope not i hope that cisco stays the entire time um i yeah i, I don't I'm, I'm, I was pleasantly surprised by yesterday. I'm cautiously optimistic about the season, but I could see it. They, they need to get out to a good start. They And this was a good first start, but, I mean, I'd like to see out of this first, like, five or six games, I'd like to see maybe three wins just to put some points on the board and start to get some momentum. I know that yeah. after uh, after Palace we have Spurs, which I mean I don't expect anything out of that, but yeah, makes sense to me. Uh, I will let you go. It's only two thirty-five here, so you've got the rest of the day. I mean, you, it's so. so so late. It is. It is. Uh, poor Richie was waiting to eat his dinner. It was like seven o'clock back home, <laughs> so I had to let him go. You're a real um, jerk. <laughs> I know. Time hog. Um, yeah, I, I mean, good luck for the season, obviously. I've said it to you like a hundred times. We talk all the time. Uh, not good luck next week. Um, but yeah. Oh, we're going to be at each other's on. throats. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you Thank for you. having me. Have a good one, mate. And that was Kyle, a big Watford fan out here in the States. Met him through work. Good friend of mine. Um, so, yeah, thank you for his contribution. Um, and that is about it. We just have some massive news, uh, genuinely, for the podcast. Um, this week, uh, I did put out uh, a request for co-host. Um, I, you know, I've had last year, uh, I had a lot of fans on. Um, and I had a lot of fan guests come on for like a one and done, right? Like someone would come on, we'd chat, we'd get on great, everything would be good. And then the next week I'd find another one. Um, and the next week I'd find another one. And that was a lot of work for me. Um, and with the time difference, especially, uh, having to figure out every week, whether it was someone on the West coast or someone back home or someone in Australia, you know, there was so much, uh, to, to work through. So I sent out a survey to you all, the listeners, uh, two years ago, and the feedback from you all was overwhelmingly that while you appreciate the podcast and you like the podcast, obviously, because you listen to it, you would love to have more voices on it, um, which makes total sense to me. Uh, so that was the the, the first step um, in terms of that. The feedback was very good. So the second step is naturally to go ahead and grab a permanent co-host for Together BHA. Um, it works in that format very, very well. You will like it, uh, or at least the majority of you do, and I hope that I keep all of you as listeners uh, when we move on to that, that, that next step. So I sent out the tweet 
uh, asking uh, for for most um, applications, so to speak. Not that uh, I don't want to kiss my own ass too much um, in that like it's super important. But uh, I actually I went to bed. Uh, I posted it late US time, uh, and I went to bed and I woke up and I, I expected like to be honest with you, I expected like two to five people reach out and be like, yeah, like I'd love to be a part of it. Uh, I had 16 when I woke up, um, people interested. Uh, some of them, some of you didn't respond to the opening gambit that I sent out asking for, for dates and times, which is fine. A lot of you did. Um, and I had uh, another half dozen of you trickle through uh, after the fact. So um, I had uh, a lot of people come through wanting to be part of the show. And I spoke to a lot of people, um, just over 15 of you, um, over the course of the last couple of days. And I'm very happy uh, to announce, to say, to, to whatever, uh, proclaim, uh, that I found two uh, very talented young men uh, that I would like to bring on to the show as permanent co-hosts. My plan was just to have one, uh, but I spoke to so many of you and there were so many outstanding options uh, that I went with two. Uh, I know that it can work as a three, uh, mostly due to this show, due to the 12-hour charity stream being so successful and uh, our friends at Seagull Social also making uh, three people work perfectly fine. So starting next week, uh, Together BHA is going to be finding its feet with three co-hosts. Uh, so... Please do bear with us as we find out how this new format unfolds. Uh, the message of the podcast stays the same. Uh, it is, you know, mainly one uh, data driven for myself, at least. Right. What these people are going to bring is going to be different, which is great. Uh, I will be bringing the same approach that I always have done. Data driven, uh, optimistic if as much as possible um, and and very, you know, fan view. I'm just speaking as a fan. Um these guys will also be coming with that last piece, you know, the fan view piece. What they bring to the show uh, in terms of what they want their, you know, their brand to be is going to be up to them. That's that's the best part about this. It's going to be three fans uh, talking about the Albion. So I'm really looking forward to it. They're really great dudes. Um, and, and we will have you all on the show uh, next week. Um, I'll be tweeting out fully like who they are and their ads, you know, on Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff uh, as the week goes on. Um, and I look forward to, 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 to shooting the episode next week. So thank you all uh, for listening, for tuning in. Um, and I cannot wait to see how it all unfolds next week at home at the Amex with a full capacity crowd uh, against the newly promoted Watford side, just coming off the back of their own win themselves. Um, there's a lot of optimism in the air at both clubs after starting as well as we did. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, I will see you all next week uh, with more than just me. So have a great one. Be safe. Uh, and I'll speak again soon.